So if we're having, for example, an engagement on any given subject matter, I absolutely, if I feel that I, I need to learn a little bit more about it, put in the work and, and do the research and understand it better so that when you're actually engaging with the CEOs, um, there's that element of listening and being listened to, a, a mutual respect there. Hi, I'm Murtaz Versi, and this is Engage, Relate, Perform, the show that helps leaders and organizations drive long-term results by fostering relationships and enhancing engagement. If you're looking to seriously improve your team's performance while impacting lives and succeeding at driving long-term results, then this is the show for you. It doesn't matter that you already have that dream title or simply curious about how far you can challenge yourself. I'll be giving you practical tips, relevant commentary, and valuable insights about how you can engage and utilize relationships with talent, community, and other stakeholders around you to achieve the best results and help them stick long-term. Get all the latest information at mutazaversi.com forward slash pod. Once again, it's M-U-R-T-A-Z-A-V-E-R-S-I dot com forward slash pod. Thank you for joining me again on ERP. I'm joined today by a very special leader by the name of Santina Benson, the Executive Director for CEO Roundtable of Tanzania, in short form, CEO RT, which brings in together 150 CEOs of leading companies in Tanzania and provides a platform for regular engagement with governments and key stakeholders for the country's sustainable economic development. She's a seasoned professional and leader that has to juggle family, government, and private sector leaders, all while our own ethics in check. We're going to hear straight on how she's able to lead all those egos, all while staying authentic right after this. Really quickly, I want to give you an amazing opportunity to download my very free, very useful, very much for you, ebook titled Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture. It is a 90-day effective guide to get you inspired for your leadership journey daily. These are practical tips you can follow every day to guarantee you give and you get the best out of the existing relationships for long-term results. As I say, it takes 90 days to create a lifestyle. That's what culture means, a way of life. So if you want to do the work, but still enjoy the journey and above all, look forward to it day by day. Then go to mutazaversi.com forward slash pod and download your copy of Engage, Relate, Perform. 90 days to conscious leadership and sustainable performance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Santina Benson to the show. Santina, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Mutaza, for having me. Yeah. I mean, you and I have known each other for some couple of years. Was it about six? Absolutely. About six, six years. years. Yes, that's correct. Quite a long time. Yes. And just from that alone, I knew that when I get started up with the podcast, you'd be my top five. Thank you so much. Uh, because of your richness of knowledge. And you have been working with top level leaders, managing those egos and emotions. It takes a lot to do so. So how did you get started? on your leadership journey, Santina. Okay, thank you so much again for the opportunity to be here this morning with us. So I think my leadership journey has been possibly 20 years in the making. So, you know, started, of course, organically in terms of really trying to find out where my passion lied. 
So maybe started a little bit in marketing. And then almost accidentally, I happened to become a program manager for one of the leading computer companies, Dell Corporation. And in that position, I think is where I was really introduced into that space of leadership, managing different personalities, and really working in that environment really to achieve your goals. Maybe if I can say a little bit about that experience. It was an initiative that we were working on with the government at that time working in the UK, and we engaged companies directly. So in that space, we had to convince Exco to really embrace that initiative by supporting their employees to participate in that program. So what you found is that you were dealing with Fortune 500 companies, very much in that leadership space, who, just as a reminder, this was a government initiative. So there are a lot of regulations behind the initiative. And you would find some who wanted to do it their own way. So learning to manage such stakeholders, because you had government stakeholders and then you had private stakeholders who are your direct interface in such an environment was really possibly my first introduction to how do you manage many different egos in a room. And maybe my takeaway from that was humility plays a huge role in terms of managing many egos and being able to listen, you know. So, of course, we all have something to say. You may consider yourself an expert in any given subject matter, but unless you really take the time to be quiet in the moment and really listen to whether their concerns, asks, and requests from your stakeholders, you won't really make uh, significant inroads. So I think maybe that would have been where I really learned how to harness humility and manage many different stakeholders in one room. And I think that's really lent itself to some of the other work I've had since then in terms of, as you say, managing egos, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because being empathetic and you know having humility, that's an important aspect of really leaders today, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, so coming back then, and that was in the UK, correct? That's correct. And I said that okay. that sort of launched my introduction to that. And it couldn't have been more timely because I think my next role was, again, still in programs, but in a telco environment. Now, it was in a telco environment that was very male dominated. And I then moved geography. So this was my first role here in Tanzania. And it was really about learning to work in a very different environment. The dynamics of male versus female leadership roles and how to really manage that. It was the first time I think I encountered a lot of, I guess the right word would be pushback, you know, in terms of really what I felt was me being a woman in that space and not necessarily having the technical know-how, but being there because of my program background. So being able to manage programs and thus also projects. So there was the sense of, you know, why is this woman here? <laughs> she doesn't know networks, et cetera. You know, so that was probably one of my most challenging roles, whereby, again, really a lot of humility came to play and really taking the time to understand various individuals. What I learned out of that experience, really, that professional experience was that you really, as a leader, you need to take the time to understand how to reach, whether it's your colleagues, whether it's even somebody you report into, but being able to understand what it is that makes them, what you can do to get the best out of them. And again, it took a lot of listening and it took a lot of managing different situations in different ways, you know, so as I'll give a quick example, you know, there may have been maybe a head of projects who 
was not necessarily motivated by just the work. You know, really needed to have that opportunity to say, uh, understand maybe he was facing various challenges. And I think sometimes we forget that it, challenges exist both for men and women, you know, so um, really taking that uh, personal approach and really getting the work, the best work out of him in that manner. And then also understanding another individual is not motivated by that, but maybe motivated by um, a very regimental, uh, regimented approach. So I think for me, the experience taught me that um, there is no cookie cutter approach to leadership. You know, it really takes um, you as an individual being able to understand uh, the, the key stakeholders and, and uh, the people around you and to be able to use that information um, to really bring out the best um, from them. Awesome. I mean, that's, that's really what we're looking at leadership today, right? Because uh, you need to really understand uh, individuals, number one, you need to understand what motivates them, uh, but also you need to manage it in such a humil humility and, 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 uh, and make sure that you uh, lend your ear all the time uh, so that you get to understand what are their needs and together there, then they could probably perform. But when you talk about engaging with them uh, and how did you build that engagement with them, apart from what you said, was there any other way you engaged and related with them? It was definitely a one-on-one. -on -one. That was what uh, I found really worked because um, there's so many dynamics when it's in a group setting. So really being able to uh, reach that individual in, in a one-on-one -on -one setting and thereafter, it can, you can bring it to a group setting, of course, which will always um, be a situation you're in, 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 especially in the corporate world where you have uh, team meetings, et cetera. But when you have built that relationship on a one-on-one, -on -one, there's a deeper understanding. Um, I think there's also a deeper level of respect um, because you've, you've had that opportunity to really listen to each other, to really understand each other's concerns and to see how best to address them. So when you are coming now into this uh, team meeting setting, uh, you, you're already, you already have all this information that can maybe help you, um, whether it's help defend a position that that individual is experiencing, uh, support, um, and, and maybe work together towards finding solutions in, as, as relevant. So I, I found that one-on-one -on -one engagement with everyone across the board uh, was really, really important. Okay, so that, 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 that gave you quite a good uh, sense or basis of building that relationship that you had. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, and that in return uh, helped you perform. I'm talking about the CEO roundtable, 150 male dominated. Dominated. How do you manage that then? You bring the <laughs> same style? Because now you're talking about CEOs, you're not talking about staff members. How do you manage that part? So yes, um, it, it may be a slightly different dynamic, but I think uh, many of the uh, precepts still still uh, apply, you know, so uh, bringing integrity, ethics, humility to the table. But I think um, in such a, an organization, it's so diverse, uh, whereby you're really working and, and, and engaging with experts in, in their field. So um, I think there needs to be a lot of work that an individual has to do. And what I mean by that is that um, you can't expect to come to a table if you haven't done the due diligence and the work. And in engaging with CEOs, I think there, there needs to be an element of a deeper understanding of the work that they're doing 
and uh, relating to that. And I think uh, that lends itself definitely to a certain level of respect. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. As I said, is, as you said, it's 150 CEOs and in very multifaceted um, sectors uh, and, and bringing a lot of expertise. But uh, one thing I really try to do is my homework. You know, so I, I say this to a lot of, um, you know, women that I mentor that um, there's not there's no shortcuts. You, you actually have to put in the work. And so if we're having, for example, an engagement on any given subject matter, I absolutely if I feel that I, I need to learn a little bit more about it, put in the work and, and do the research and understand it better so that when you're actually engaging with the CEOs, um, there's that element of listening and being listened to a, a mutual respect there. Um, and, and, and again, I, I'll touch on this element of, of really listening. Um, what I find, you know, is, as you know, much that we have engagements every month and they're, they're primarily um, really thought leadership, learning, but also networking. And during those engagements, um, especially during the networking session, it's an opportunity to have a deeper understanding of the individual you're speaking to. And really the only way you can do that is by listening um, and then contributing as necessary. Because I think sometimes, um, especially as, as women, I think uh, women in the leadership space, sometimes we feel almost a pressure to have to respond, but that's not necessarily so. I think uh, th there could be just as much mutual respect for listening and saying, oh, okay, I, I, I didn't know that. You know, this was a great learning experience for me. So that humility element plays into it as well. It's not easy for some any individual to say, I didn't know that especially in a leadership position. But I think uh, by doing so, not only do you gain some respect, but also you, um, you open yourself up for more opportunities to actually learn different things and thus really even enhancing your own leadership um, as well. That's, that's brilliant because that was going to be my next question about women leaders uh, compared to men, male leaders. And I think you put it very clear there that, you know, uh, just saying that I don't know and thank you that I've learned from you. That's that's quite a thing to do. And especially not necessarily women or male, but it's it's the ego that, that comes in that says, you know, well, I didn't know this and thank you. I've learned something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think and I think there's a lot of pressure here as well. I mean, I'll just add uh, on this additional point with women leaders is that there's there's a lot of pressures here in, in, in and I'll reference geography again, maybe more broadly within the African continent. But uh, the role of women uh, versus men is is quite specific, you know, and whether, you know, some women have managed to carve out their own path. But broadly speaking, there is an expectation culturally in terms of the female role. Um, so there's definitely a. Uh, more of a balance or a juggling act that women have to do. And women are known as being multi, multitasking, et cetera. But oftentimes you'll find that it's, it's not as easy as many make it look. And I think one of the, the things that we need to change in terms of that conversation as leaders, both women and men, is recognizing that it is, um, it is challenging for many women. Um, I, I've never met one woman who said it was easy for me to juggle both family and work, and, and I, I managed to do it all very easily. Um, so, so I think there's a space for a deeper conversation on that, 
Uh, and again, that will take putting an ego aside. And even as a woman, being able to show that vulnerability and say, actually, yes, um, I do need to juggle in this space. Um, and therefore, please bear with me while I do X, for example. Um, it's a much uh, deeper and longer conversation, I think, as well. Yeah, I think, and, and you're right there, culturally uh, in Africa as well, where male and female leaders uh, drive, drive business, drive family, um, they, they, they develop that culture in, in, in wherever they go. But also studies have shown that the 21st century leadership requires um, or uh, leaders are better, better uh, women are better leaders of 21st century leader because they, they are able to manage their emotions much better than men. Interestingly, yes. So that's, that's <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's interestingly, uh, and that's what studies have shown. Uh, and so uh, then you, when you look at it on the other perspective, um, you look at leaders, uh, women leaders and male leaders really uh, trying to come up, and especially if you look at Tanzania now, there's quite a number of women leaders uh, joining in the band of leadership positions and really showing that impact, uh, taking into consideration the current uh, situation with the government having a, a women president. Absolutely, absolutely. And I and I think in that space, you know, we've, we've just closed out um, Women's Month and um, there's been a lot of conversations with regards to um, how to really elevate more women into leadership positions. It's been an ongoing dialogue for the last few years, but more specifically in March. But what I'd really love to see is, is that, that dialogue expanding really uh, beyond that month and really having more leaders talk about what it is that they're doing in their own space uh, to elevate women into leadership positions. Um, I know from speaking with various CEOs within the CEO Roundtable that um, there's so many, uh, both male and female leaders who are doing so much and, and the numbers, you know, the numbers actually uh, tell that story. Um, so it's, it's actually tangible and we are starting to see results, but it, it needs to continue because um, there's a huge gap between uh, women who are in managerial positions and who become elevated into uh, leadership positions. And the gap really, what we're seeing is a lack of mentorship and the lack of, of coaching for those women and even opportunities for networking. Um, and it's really up to women, to women leaders to really say, I am available. They, what we're seeing is that they're not enough female leaders who are putting themselves forward to actually mentor um, more women. So that definitely needs to happen in that space, but also the conversation has to move beyond it being a focus one month a year and to actually uh, getting more tangible results in that space. Because exactly like you say, Mutsuda, that you know women do make excellent leaders, but being given these opportunities or even for women to grasp the opportunities that might present themselves. Um, there's one, one um, story that a former uh, CEO member, Inika Busamaka shared, which really resonated with the women in, in that uh, engagement at that time, if I can share it now. Um, she said there was a, usually what will happen is when there's an opportunity for a promotion within 
any organization. A woman will look at uh, the job criteria and say, I have seven out of 10. Let me give it a couple of years, you know, so that I can get to that 10 out of 10. You know, a man will look at that same application and say, I have five out of those 10. I'm going to go ahead and apply and try my luck, you know. So there's also that disparity in terms of mindset between women and men. Um, so it's about really giving uh, more opportunities and, and encouraging women in, in, in those um, spaces to really grab the opportunities that present themselves. We're seeing that they're not doing that as well. So, um, yeah, so th uh, there is a lot of work to be done in that space as well, definitely. Interestingly, that you say, because the same study would say is women are better in leadership uh, and managing emotions. It is also the same study says that men are more confident than women. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's that's what uh, what brings in that whole uh, aspect of building confidence for women, because really, if you ask me about women leadership, I think we're very equal, and it's just the opportunities that come about and how do we approach it. Absolutely. Uh, to 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 deliver the results uh, that that is required. So I don't think uh, we really, and I, I find it quite difficult to distinguish now between or we having to distinguish between women and male or men uh, leadership, because I think we can do the same job. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, so I think that, but coming to another point uh, in, your, in your talk, you talked about uh, corruption and ethics, and, and, and you've spearheaded that uh, in leadership. Why is it so important to you? Um, I'm very passionate about it, <laughs> as you know, Marissa. So it's, uh, I feel that um, development is very intrinsically connected to um, ethics and integrity. Um, and, and it was the way in which um, I, I didn't know any other, um, any other route to follow. You know, so I was raised in a household uh, with parents who hold ethics to a very high standard um, and integrity as well. And it just uh, automatically became something that I, I was very passionate about. And also, as you raise children, I feel that um, we we have such a huge obligation to make sure that there's. Uh, they're, they're walking into a very developed um, nation there. They have these opportunities that are presenting themselves for that generation. And if we don't really adopt the uh, precepts of ethics and integrity in, in the generations that we're currently in, um, there's not going to be much left for them, you know, because it, it plays into how are we um, safeguarding the environment, you know, how are we utilizing the resources uh, that are available in the country to make sure that um, we're not, um, you know, we, we safeguard the resources that are available. So it, it, it really plays into my role as a parent, but also uh, definitely um, how I was uh, raised and, and brought up as well. And, um, you know, being the, the executive director of the CEO Roundtable, I, I came into this organization that was already in is ethical leadership for growth and prosperity. And therefore, it just became very much a space in which uh, I, I was very keen to make sure that we could tangibly talk about what the private sectors doing in terms of um, harnessing ethics within our own organizations and businesses. Um, yeah, I'm just very passionate about it. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I noticed that, you know, that's that's top of the agenda. And rightfully, because if we can uh, put ethics and integrity uh, into business, uh, but through our children as well at home, uh, I think we will be able to see uh, better generations, not generation, but generations to come to be able to uh, enjoy what we are building today. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And I think right. you mentioned a, a really important point there that, um, you know, also instilling the, the, the ethics and integrity within the home. You know, I think we may have missed a step, you know, a few years ago, I think maybe 15, 20 years ago, um, we started seeing a generation that was not necessarily uh, honing those principles. But I think um, we are also being challenged by the, um, I think they would be um, the Z generation, <laughs> Generation Z, um, we're, we're definitely being challenged by them because they're a lot more aware of the environment, for example. They're a lot more, uh, they're aware of communities. Um, their, their idea of, of growth and development is, is very holistic, that everyone must see themselves reflected in, in that growth and development. So it's, it's very interesting that the dialogue um, is, is now, you know, a back and forth rather than just coming from one perspective. And I, I love that challenge. You know, I'm, I'm constantly being challenged by my 13 year old who, um, you know, stopped using plastic before I did, you know, and uh, and really pushed me to do that, to do the same, you know, and they're very aware of of um, I would say what they, we would consider their privilege, you know, and how do they use that to their advantage so that um, it can really help the development of the communities around them. Um, so I, I love that idea of them really pushing us to do more as well. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a two-way conversation at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's becoming, it's becoming more of a dialogue eh, than a monologue. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, I recently did a poll on LinkedIn, and you can follow that uh, on my LinkedIn. And about 60% of the audience said that who you are at work and at home matters to their assessment of leadership quality. And so I believe, you know, leadership is not being a CEO, but it's it's a journey from where you start, uh, from the day you're born to the day you leave this world. Uh, what's your thought about that? I agree with you 100% and I actually participated in that poll. And when I clicked on my uh, choice, I was, because once you click on it, then you can see how it's trending. And um, I was very interested to see that, um, yes, a large percentage of, of the um, pollers were, felt that it, it does matter how you lead in the home, et cetera. But I was very interested to see that, you know, it was also a, a much higher than what I would have thought um, percentage that um, it doesn't matter. You know, it's only what you do in the office that matters. I think at, at the time I took the poll, it was right. about 30 something percent. And, yes, um, 30%. Yeah. yeah and, and I thought that was very high considering that um, leadership is as a holistic thing, just as you've just said. It, it doesn't start the minute you walk into an office building and end when you leave because how you, I honestly believe that um, what you do outside of the office building or, you know, in our virtual environment today, um, outside of what you do in the work hours, 
really leads lends itself to how you approach various challenges um, and opportunities that will present themselves in a work environment. So if you're not necessarily leading well in the home um, or you know, um, feeling that some elements of leadership at home are not important, the same I feel will play into, into the workspace. Um, so this is definitely an opinion, but I but when you talk about leadership and you start talking about the elements of integrity, ethics, humility, how can it be a, a, a time clock that you punch in and out of? You know, it has to be a, a, a lifestyle and intrinsically connected to who you are as, as a human being. Um, and therefore, I would challenge um, the leaders who say that you can actually, you know, put a clock on it to really think about it holistically, because these especially now in our virtual environment, you never really take off that leadership hat, do you? You know, um, So you should be able to apply the, the elements of the integrity, the humility, the ethics, uh, really important elements of, of any leader 24 seven, I believe. <laughs> so that's my yes, opinion. That's exactly. <laughs> now that's, that's absolutely true. And that's why we started the ERP, Engage, Relate, Perform. It's exactly to tell people that you are a leader of your own right. Uh, you can be a parent, you can be a manager, you can be a supervisor, uh, you can be a mom, dad, uh, whatever. You're a leader. Uh, and, and how are you going to, um, in that journey, build up your leadership skills? Because you, you will need to uh, inspire people around you, right? Absolutely. And that's exactly why we, we use the Engage, Relate, Perform uh, platform to bring that out to uh, people who believe that you know they may not be a leader or think that they are they're not leaders because they don't have a position absolutely absolutely uh, and so that's uh, that's what we want to really bring and you've brought it pretty well today so thank you so much santina for this uh, invigorating talk uh, but before we end uh, i need you to do two things for me yes absolutely the first one is uh, leave a question for the next guest to answer. And number two is you get 30 seconds to send out a broadcast message to the world on your core <laughs> philosophies. Be it live, love, leadership. Yeah, you're laughing there. Or whatever else. So let's, so let's get started. Let's get started with the first one. Okay, great. Um, those are very challenging ones, but uh, just off the cuff. So a question to the next guest. Um, uh, would be, I, I think, just coming off this uh, word you've used, inspire. I think we haven't talked about it much today, but I think it's so important. Um, so uh, who have you inspired in, in the last three months and how? That would be my question to the next guest. Um, because I feel, I feel there's, there's such an element of people being inspired and being motivated to move. Um, yeah. So, yes. So and then the next one is a broadcast message. Um, I think I would I would uh, I would maybe challenge, you know, um, all leaders to really um, look within in terms of their leadership personality, their leadership styles um, and see how um, they're being viewed by those who um, whether they're colleagues, um, people who report into them, how are they inspiring people to um, do more, be better, um, and, and really reach their own potential? And if um, they have the opportunity to look within, can they say that they are leading with integrity, with ethics and humility? And um, if there's any doubt, 
um, I challenge those leaders to say, what can I do differently? What can I do more? Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you so much, Santina. Thank you wow. for this opportunity. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Engage, Relate, Perform, hosted by me, Mutraza Bersi. Make sure you've subscribed to this show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to visit mutrazaversi.com forward slash board to download all the resources, show notes, and all the freebies mentioned in this episode, including your copy of my highly effective ebook, Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture, plus extras just for subscribe. Once again, Go to matazaversi.com forward slash pod and get everything you need. And we'll be back next week for more Engage, Relate, Perform.